Hello and welcome to At The Source. I'm Alex and this is Karis. This is a podcast about food stories. We love talking about food and eating it. And now we're on a mission to record and share interesting food stories from people all over the UK and beyond. Join us as we explore food in all its glory. Today we're with Anton and Lila from Shisto Wines in our home city of Bristol. They're passionate about all things Portugal and have been visiting since the 1990s, bringing food and wine back in their camper van each time. Their passion for wine has seen them move from enthusiasts to business owners in recent years. They've collaborated with many young winemakers and organisations across Europe with their food and wine import business and they run a fantastic zero-carbon cargo project called Porto Bristol, which imports Portuguese wine in barrels by sail ship into the UK. Welcome both. Thank you for having us in your lovely home and for instantly providing us with a glass of Portuguese wine before we even begin. <laughs> so this is a bit of a first for us because it's the first time we've had two, two guests on the podcast. For our standard opening question, which is, what is your earliest memory of food? Um, we've tweaked it to say, what was your earliest memory of food together? Uh-huh. So I think, uh, well, I know, the, the first time that Anton ever and I ever had a meal together, I was at um, college doing um, art and I worked late at college on a Thursday night, and he rang because he'd left his dog lead at my house. So he had to come back and fetch it. So he rang me and he said, oh, you, you, uh, you've come back from, you're back from college. Should I bring, have you eaten anything? And I said, no, no, I haven't eaten anything. He said, okay, we'll warm two plates, and I'll be round in an hour. So I'm straight on the phone to my friend. He said warm plates. This is a man that wants me to warm plates. He's got to be a keeper, hasn't he? I got so excited. And he came out and he had fish and chips and a bottle of champagne. And that was it. I was, that was, I was one then. <laughs> so that's the first memory. Yeah, I did, I did remember, actually, as you started to say it. I know what this is. I thought, I, really it's either the loaf of, the, loaf of bread with the card in it or it was the fish and chips. And okay, so. now you have to tell us about the loaf of bread with the card. Oh, no, Leela knows that one better again. Uh, well, uh, again, I was, um, I was then working as a behaviour therapist and... Um, Anton, it was Valentine's Day, and Anton had phoned... I worked with um, three different families, so the children were all on the autistic spectrum, and Anton had phoned each of my families and asked them if I could have time off work. And he, so he'd organised it all. And then he, he baked a loaf of bread in a heart shape, Aww. and he, he taped it to my front door... Badly. ...with an invitation <laughs> inside it that said, meet me at the train station on Monday at half past nine, and then he whisked me up to London for a few days. Oh, yeah. Bread was terrible. The bread, the bread wasn't good. It's the thought that counts. It's the thought. It definitely, definitely had to be good on thought because the bread was terrible. Weirdly, I still have the loaf of bread wrapped up. That's what I do. I keep everything in a box under my bed, and sometimes, you know. When Dave and I moved into where we live now, he was like, what's in that box? And I was like... Mm. Should we go my boyfriend gave <laughs> Love things, <laughs> but not from you. <laughs> but I guess, so from this, we've learned yeah. that any listeners out there trying to impress their significant others yeah, yeah. or significant others-to-be, you have uh, quite the bar to reach by the sound of things. Anton, heartthrob. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to know... Oh, I thought I must have um, done something wrong the day before. <laughs> <laughs> So, Lila, you were, you know, behavioural therapy, uh-huh. and Anton, you were... I was working in ornamental plastering for a broken Bristol company. So, the leap into wine is quite a big one. Um, it's because, uh, really, it, was, it wasn't It was like something stopped and something started for, forever. Um, you know, when I was a kid, my dad brought wine back, and uh, my, my, one of my first memories is uh, one 
being sat in little bars in Spain while my dad tried absolutely everything behind the bar from the barrel and I was given a packet of sunflower seeds which was supposed to keep me quiet for a couple of hours. And then I'd come back and go, well, Dad was speaking to Juan. You know, and then I'd just be trying these little seeds that you had to crack open and what have you, and then he'd try everything. And the other one I remember was being put on the plane at school with all the older kids who were going on the Bordeaux exchange where we swapped schools. And my dad had a friend, so he put me on the plane with all the organised people and paid for the flight and stuck me onto Bordeaux and I went on an exchange but I was younger and I remember being packed back I was only 10 or 11 and I came back with all this wine in my bag <laughs> and it all smashed and, uh, <gasps> no. so when I was at, when I came through Bristol Airport which used to be quite a small place I walked through I picked my bag up and there was no. wine pouring out of the cases oh no and I was just pissed off that, that my um that my <laughs> my best shit my best Shirt was wrecked because uh, it was all, everything was pink. And your dad and of course, was my gutted. dad's there, like, oh, that was your dad fun. was gutted. Ten bottles of Puyak from, <laughs> from from the guy who made it, and I didn't know. And that's, all this, what's happening now, sort of reminds you of how you got here. Mm. You know where the interest was, or where yeah, the connections yeah. was. You know, did he ever use you as a mule again? Uh, uh, yeah, no, I used to call myself. Yeah, I was a wine mule at ten for the for the Henry Cartel. So, I feel like uh, that'd be illegal these days. Um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't get it at the time, and then years later, people were like, "Oh, a puyak," and I thought, "Oh, that's where." That's where we went. That's where that school was, and oh. yeah, it sort of came back to me that we were. Um, bringing wine through Bristol Airport <laughs> <laughs> very badly and I should have wrapped them around my socks and what have and you and a bit more by the sounds of it uh, right? yeah so where does Portugal come into it and when did you start visiting um, so we slowly, started but... uh, we started going on long really long holidays so we take the kids in a camper van and go down through France and stay with family and then down through to Spain and and always filling the camp up with wine and cheese and meat. and you know, Started buying and wine in the Basque country at one point, didn't we? Yes. So we were buying wine around San Sebastian area. Mm. And we were bringing back food and wine. Just And we, I've done this from, from being in my late teens, just bringing stuff back. And just this was for just myself. for yourself. And, then, and with Leela. Yeah. And just, just wine and food that any old stuff. And then you get interested in something and then wanting to meet. And go into a visit a vineyard and mm. you know just being nosy really and then in the basque area we were bringing back some styles of wine that you didn't get here we were bringing back chocolate and you didn't see it here and then we were buying about this fizzy local wine and it was fun and and they just after a bit I thought then nobody sells this um mm. so it's sort of a little bit of interest of maybe we could bring some more back and we just used to bring it back for ourselves in a camper van and it sort of developed we started about 25 years ago we started running the vans on waste oil so it seemed like a nice way to do it where you're not causing lots of pollution and that these big journeys in the van going through spain and going to towns that were known for food or valdepeñas for, for, for wine and going to granada and then we ended up doing a detour because I've met some Portuguese people. Yeah, Anton said, let's pop into Portugal on the way home. <laughs> Just said, pop in here, folks. Yeah, we didn't pop into Portugal. We didn't pop 600 miles round trip. And that time, we, you'd met somebody. We'd met some wine people some who wine people. sort of... And it started off with some wine people saying, why don't you come and work with us? Mm. And we said, well, we're not wine. We're we just not, like drinking. We're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're fans, not business people. Yeah. And they turned up in Bristol and we had... And they said, what about doing a sort of UK version of selling Portuguese wine? And they had... It was a really odd coincidence because when they came 
they turned up when the Olympics, the Olympics, when the Olympic torch came to Bristol. Bristol. So they the came into Bristol. Bristol and went, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> like helicopters. And, and I was sort of like, oh, this is just normal, yes, you know. Um, but they basically were trying to get us to do a, you know, offering us, why don't you get involved in the why? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I think I'll drive you crazy because I want to do it in my own way. Yeah. What was it that made you say, okay, let's let's actually have a little side business and let's start selling some of this wine? I think, well, we want, you know, it, it was um, a lifelong interest uh, in something we enjoyed. And then from going to the effort we'd always done in Spain where you go off into the hills and meet mm. people who sometimes chase you off and go, what do you want? <laughs> um, we, met, we met these people and uh we bought wine and we brought it back and we started talking about selling some wine and then we just thought wow this is really great wine and the main thing was from being in italy years ago and being in france and being in spain and bringing things back most of the time most nearly all those things were represented in this country were known in this country Mm. um so we weren't doing anything particularly new Mm. and when we were in portugal we were finding winemakers that were great and nobody had heard of them they had no representation so they were a little bit interested in us too and i was telling them you know what's happening in bristol yeah um maybe um it also it it really did very much start from the fact that we did want we had a bit of a a sort of a life changing illness we did i i did and then so we kind of did want to change what we were doing for a living and make make our lives more enjoyable and, Mm. and have a job and Anton and Mateus just fell in love with each other. And they became Not literally. Yeah, no. it's, a, it's, it's a bromance. It had a massive bromance going on. And he, first time I met his wife, she said to me, do you think it's funny that they ring each other every day? Wow. <laughs> That's a little bit of exaggeration. But yes, but... but from my side, though, I felt... From there, right? I felt quite humbled and quite... And we get on really well. And uh, they're saying, why don't you tell our wife? So it was... So it was a little bit like I went out. I said, look, I'm not... You know, I'm not a some guy from a wine family or some yeah. business. I'm a. I came here as an enthusiast. Yeah. Mm. But when I told them, hey, look, we could do this. With, we started talking about we do on ships. We could take the bottles back. We could reuse all the boxes. We could because I like to explore stuff. Um, it hit a chord with them. Yeah. And they started. I started buying wine off one of one of them, and he was the guy that started the alternative sort of show in Porto which has now become something quite big and he's nothing to do with it but from that you're meeting all the others in very friendly relaxed circumstances mm. and they're sort of checking you out yeah <laughs> so what's he like you know? you're networking but you sort of you sort of met all these people very naturally and yeah. slowly and in not a trade fair not through businesses not uh, everybody we work with is the winemaker or Mm. You know, it's their wine. It's and, not, and it's and it's their quintas and it's their grapes. They don't buy anything. They're not and buying. It's, they're, and they're it's not designed the, on a in an office. Mm. They're all from. They're all natural and organic, and they all have the same ethos in in how they. Some more than others, but yeah, grow their grapes and run their farms and sell and who they sell to because some of them could sell to huge companies because they would want huge volumes, but mm. they don't produce huge volumes because mm. they can't. They can't. Matteo says if you make over a certain number of bottles, you can't be with your wine. And he 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 like the others wants to be with his wine right from the you know 
from the vineyard. He, he says, you know, when the so romantic. He said, I, you know, when I'm in the vineyard, she speaks to me and I give her what she needs. Oh. <laughs> so is he single? Because I feel like we yeah. could almost um, find, find no, a he's wine. Married to a, he's married to a very good winemaker yeah, from Rioja. She's a brilliant winemaker. She makes wine and she's for great um, Ramos Pintos. And yeah, she's absolutely brilliant. And she's an amazing winemaker. And she's very funny. And, and she's really good fun. Very unpretentious. They're only very un, very unpresuming. Mm. And we just became friends. Didn't we? That's, yeah, like, that's, that's really it. what happened. And then, you know, you're buying a bit of wine and sort of thinking, well... Actually, I quite like being involved in this. And then what? And what, what our thing was about Port of Bristol and sail cargo and this circle of uh, zero waste thing we were trying to trying to promote was about connection, um, connection with people, places, the wines, and valuing everything in that. So people would say to me, you know, when we the are the the far end of what we do. There's some bottles up there that tell you a little bit of our story, which is one. There's a great bottle of wine from Porto from a uh, renowned winemaker on a small scale, and we bought it. We bought it over on a ship, and we've collected it in a vehicle that runs on waste oil. So we've tried to make the. We don't try and be sort of green evangelists or perfect, mm. but what we try to do the best we can all the time and always try and improve it yeah so it's about connection collaboration and improving what we do we try and do something a little bit special so with the bottles i get people why do you take the bottles back i don't know you could buy a new bottle for 50 pence so it's not it's not valuing everything at two pounds and pence it's valuing it because and if i have to explain that to a more commercial person uh, some of the bottles have got numbers on have got stars on them saying they've been used more than once so then you get the money-minded person to go, oh, so your 60p bottle, your bottle, uh, I'm saying, well, it's actually cost me 15p, isn't it? Because I've used it four times. So then, oh, that makes sense. And uh, thankfully now, nowadays that things have changed and people are starting to buy into that idea. So we, we've been doing this type of thing forever. People have but caught now, up. <laughs> no, but circular economy, I only found out a few years ago that I was just, working in the circular economy. Yeah. So you've like been doing it before it was even a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we so. didn't, we didn't invent anything because people have been reusing things for mm. years. But suddenly the way we were doing... What, we, what we've done with the you know, circular zero waste is just something um, said, and it's on these bottles. Um, it just sort of tells a story. No one can see the bottles. Uh, no one can see, the, no we'll can see the bottles, photo, but worry. it was about how, um, uh, you know, how uh, the, the bottle... Uh, a bottle of wine goes from the vineyard um, to the winery, to the ship, to the and to the barrel, to the ship, and and how all these things are connected and how mm. they go around mm. and all the way around. When we've got a barrel, we've emptied a barrel. We've offered it to. I haven't sold the barrels. Um, the the one from this bottle has gone to the neighbours, the local brewers. Yeah, I saw that. I thought that was brilliant. So, they, so they've got it now and they're doing something And that's Wiper and True. Yeah, across the road. Great so I'm, yeah, so yeah. I'm, my thing was to be, um, I think you make great beer. Why don't yeah. you, so can you do something with this? In, 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 the, in our barrels. Making yeah. it in the barrel. Yeah. And, and you it. said it was on loan. So how long is it on loan for? And then uh, That's what I'm not so good at. Because I've just said, at, well, at some point you will get it back is that something that is that going to go back to 
uh, Mateus and he's going to make some wine that's got well, like a slight... Well, the barrels haven't gone back. Very, there are plans for barrels okay. to go back, what but depending on what's got in them, they could be they could become contaminated. They could be... Mm. So there, there will become a line where yeah. you're working with the beer guy who says, I've done my thing with this barrel. Uh, and there might be somebody who maybe wants to ferment yeah. in the barrel to, to make vinegar or... Yeah. Eventually you know. ends up just being recycled. The fact is, yeah. is that you've extended the life. It's yeah. it's using it, things it, to it, their it, natural end. Exactly. Yeah. You know anything? And these are, these are our oil, olive oil pots. Yeah, uh, yeah I love that. You know, the, I was the, having a look um, when we arrived. Uh, if you see what we do with our white wine, uh, these are boxes that the wine comes in, and then we ask you to um, to reuse them. We'll get some. We're definitely going to get some photos of that. Yeah, I think it's so uh, people see this. That's one of the first things we did when when we first there. Oh, cool! That was our cheap. That was our first white wine. So um, you've melted the glass melt, bottle down to make every now and then. I clean the bottles, butter. melt them, and then you become a tapas dish or nice um, tapas with your wine. Yes, please. Uh, Thank so, you. so the, your your that was a very good visual way of saying we'll take all your white wine bottles back, and they have a value. Uh, so it really, you really need people involved in the chain, in the circle who like, who are into the spirit of mm, it, get mm, the spirit of it, mm. and are not analysing. We have to be a bit commercially minded, of but, course. But we're still, you know, still doing stuff like this is was really a demonstration to people because it's very visual. Um, obviously, we're we're not, we're, not yeah. uh, we're doing a podcast, but no, you know, we'll get all people of this can, on the website. People can see that and say. All oh, right. Okay, we'll we'll keep the bottles for you. We'll keep the boxes for you. We'll keep mm. the um... logistically. H- how does that work? So bloody you know, hard work. Yeah, <laughs> you know, even I, you know, I can imagine just getting all the wine to the country. But then you've got the barrels to store. You've got mm. people coming with their wine bottles to return. How does that work? Because I feel like there's a lot of uh, it's, it's, it's far too you? it's far too labour intensive at the moment. But, but you but have the to. Thing, we, we never. If you did a time and motion study, we just end up giving up and going back to normal jobs. But <laughs> we, we, that's not what it's ever been about. So it's really, you know, there's our back gardens full of empty um, champagne bottles because that's what the people bring back and that's what we rebottle into. Mm. But it made it, it made it, it made the most sense to me to make the, the the carbon footprint kind of very as much carbon negative as we could get it to get it from Portugal to here. Yeah. To to make it, the wines that we sell, you know, as good as local. So you, we can hand on heart say that, you know, it, it hasn't destroyed huge swathes of the ocean, mm, um, yeah. to, chucking diesel through the waves to get the wine here. And I um, think that we feel, we feel good about that. And so time and motion studies, people would probably it, sack us. But we t- tend to, we have, that's why, probably why we haven't got any um, shareholders. Because <laughs> we're driving, po- driving oh, party. Thank you so much for. I'm sorry you could say, but we had your list. You're going to Wilson's. She's off to Wilson's, so Yay! she doesn't want to hang out with us. Can but I we can totally understand. From, uh, from my Twitter. Oh, definitely. Of but yeah, if you uh, could, if you could um, give us the elevator pitch or the, the the quick rundown of Porto Bristol and and what you're hoping to achieve with it, that'd be really great. So it's it's been about connection, uh, collaboration. And, and revaluing how we do things and everybody in it. Um, but uh, mainly, uh, one of the, the goals of Porto Bristol was to, to start with bring wine from Porto, to supply wine in a, in a least damaging 
so we we, we work with we work with sail cargo, so it's sort of clean transport. So we're sailing. Every one of our wines now comes on sail ships. Where do they um, come into? Out of interest. Well, that's been one of our problems. Oh. <laughs> We've been bringing them into Falmouth, right? Foy, Torquay, Brixham. Oh, okay. South coast. Because they come on presumably quite small boats. Come on small boats and getting into Bristol has been problematic, but uh, we've got no intention of giving up on that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the whole point of the end goal of Port of Bristol has been what I was trying to show you with the bottles was we have a wine that's come on a sail ship. The quality artisanal wine from a small producer and we're connecting him, her, with Bristolians to, to get great wine by sail. And especially at the moment is very apt with... We seem to be living in times that are very disconnected, that we're trying to make very close connections and work closely with people. And the end goal is to have the ships in Bristol City Centre and Bristol to be a hub of, a pioneering hub of clean transport. Fantastic. So the idea is that you would be bringing in, this is what I've been trying to do for quite a few years, (laughs) is to bring the ships in, under sail and be in the city centre, bring the trade down, restaurants, try, try, you know, come and come and try the wines, come and meet the winemakers. And I want to get the public involved because I'm yeah. looking for the public as well to support Port of Bristol. The thing is, and make you... it also, so it's, it's a two-legged, it's a two-way mm. street mm-hmm. because for us to come here with all the Portuguese wine, uh, you know, some of the brewers we talked about, the cider makers, and I want to take their stuff out. Ah, so I okay. want to take their stuff to that really countries. would be circular. Well, then you can you've got to you've got to backfill the boats. You've got to make it pay. Yeah, you've got to um, make it worth course. sending the boats it, back. It's been really difficult. We've just gone on complete adrenaline and, and um, complete enthusiasm. But I feel like if this we, could work anywhere, Bristol is the place for it. You think so? Yeah. If you read the bottles, the the first bottles, like I said, is a bottle of wine that you can that we brought here. You could bring it on. A, we could bring it on a lorry. We put it on a ship. The second one, the, the one we're going to try in a minute, those wines were only made, uh, that's a zero sulfur, young wine, fem- lady winemaker, woman winemaker, Mafalda from uh, Trasmontes in Douro. And um, the, um, uh, you know, that's coming, there's 290 bottles of that. Mm. So I'm sure Bristol could use a few barrels up like that. Yeah. I, I, just, um, I love the fact that it's limited edition wine too. Fantastic. Uh, and every bottle, every bottle has the boat it came on. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, so it tells yeah. you that boat was we we loaded that boat in Porto uh, in uh, October, and we've um, got it over here. And now we're looking. We want. I'm trying to get people to support it because if you can get the ships into Bristol and bring our goods in like that, you're, you're reducing traffic, mm. you're uh, reducing pollution, mm. um, and it's a tiny drop in the bigger scheme of things. But it's still making a change. And then going out, we could be taking our our Bristol producers, mm. could be going into other countries with with great products uh, under sale, without uh, um, you know, and that that's a great way to show off your your goods. Absolutely, um, and I, I hope that you know us being here interviewing you and, and then you know getting this out there. I hope we can help a little bit because yeah. that's that, that's yeah. I think that's where and we've spoken to so many people over the last few months that. We're, we're, we're connecting with everything again. So yeah. we're connecting with our meat producers. We're connecting with the people who are growing our fruit and veg. We're connecting yeah. with the people who are catching our fish. It's it's making a massive difference, I think. And I, I know it's going to be slow and steady, but I think the more 
people like you um, and like some of the small producers that we've met over the last few months, we're seeing more of that and we can get more people to to buy into, oh, that's much better for the environment, mm-hmm. for me, for them, for, you know, for I, feel like it's, yeah. I feel like it's win-win, mm. win for everyone. And well, I really like that. Um, you know, uh, this year we've sailed organic, this is zero sulfur, one grape. Um, it's very young, so it's got a bit to go yet, but these wines have gone to uh, France. Uh, so we're, we're selling wine to France, to uh, Belgium, to Holland, and to Germany. So she's Not, still, you, yeah, you are selling, yeah. well. Well, we, we have, no, we, we are the, we do that, we've, we've, we've connected the ships mm. okay. and the winemakers. So some things, this is where I, I want to go, which is our wine. Which we make completely. This is a, this is a collaboration. So it says Porto Bristol, on the ship it came on, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So they're little steps towards mm. what I wanted people to do was buy our Espumante made by Michaela, give us back our these are ineffective champagne bottles. Yeah, these are the heaviest, most expensive, strongest, biggest yeah. waste to get rid of. So we ask for them back. And they become our port of Bristol pop. But with the, with this, the, the the idea of Bristol as a as could be a centre, a hub of clean trade. Mm. Uh, Bristol mm. has its problems with the with the ships, but you know, to me, it seems like there's a there's a uh, an interest here for that, mm. and um, you know that then that's really what Port of Bristol is trying to achieve. Um, so where can Bristolians people or people all over the UK where, guess, where can they where can anyone we, buy the wine we at the moment we sell wine locally uh, retail uh, grape and grind on Gloucester Road mm-hmm. uh, Clifton Cellars in Clifton uh, Amy's Winehouse in oh. um, Stoke, Stoke Bishop, Bishop. Yeah. and Amy's Winehouse in uh, Banwell and um, so we're yeah those are the the retail ones we've got um We've rather spent a hell of far too much time in uh, developing this and ships and, the, and trying to make all this these um, reusable everything. Um, but we do we have got a, a slight a presence very recently on the Open Food Network. Okay. Um, so we've got um, some wines for sale online from there, and we're building a website now because I really I really want to get. Um, but we do have people if they're local and they and they ask people do come round and pick out a box of wines from I'll show you in a minute if you go into our office here we've got a, a rack of everything we make every, sorry everything that we sell is in there and people ring up um, it tends to be you know quite local people will tell me is it okay if I come round yeah. I encourage people to go to local um, oh bottles and books down the road we can a list bit all of, of them on the yeah, website we'll, as well. We'll he does a little bit down there. Yeah. We sell to various restaurants and bars, mm. but we're not big. We try and find winemakers who've got some character, some, you know, got something about them, and, and they're doing their own thing. Uh, and, and that generally tends to be natural is a very broad term, but it tend, you know, the, the people who are doing those things, uh, they're making wine. Um, Matthias's wine here are a very good example because this is three wines. Uh, this, this, these are the three wines. So this is uh, three wines made in exactly the same way, uh, methods, same uh, uh, same types of soil, 
um, same winemaker, etc. But the difference. So this is an exploration, and what I love about this, I call this sort of teach yourself terroir, because what I like about working with him and some of their mates is they take some of the pretense. Mm-hmm. And they take some of the pomposity out of wine, which is I've always pomposity. Well, I've great, I've always struggled with that because I had friends that think that wine's for posh people, yeah. and, the, and this is not, and mm. and then they don't sort of click. <laughs> I think what I've struggled with over the years is that wine, yeah, as you say, it's for for posh people, and I say in that you know in, in inverted air quotes, and um it's it's really sad because you know there are some beautiful wines out mm. there and i've got friends back home in australia who are really passionate about wine they've got mm. wine blogs i've i've been to you know different Let's try wine wineries um with right. them and their biggest issue is that these people they're so scared to let other people in on it and they have all these words and you you have to get this right and Mm. no actually you can't i went to a wine tasting once and i said i can get apricot out of that and he said no you can't and i said (laughs) i can i'm the one tasting (laughs) it if i like but there's no there's no smell of apricot i'm going okay well i guess i'm gonna have to divert to that guy that that's exactly uh, also that's exactly why bought a bristle exists because we would go into wine shows and we'd go to the, the more fashionable things sometimes and everybody followed each other, you know, people f- people followed. Um, so that's one barrel made for the boat. That's it's beautiful. very young. It's really uh, cherry. Zero. Um, that's made it's by Mafalda. That is delicious. Like that? Yeah, Great. really nice. That. Uh, but the, the example was, with the, and partly why we started doing this, where we felt we had a place or something to offer. Because, you know, there's no point I didn't, do it as a because mm. I needed I do need a job but you know what I mean I didn't it, it was partly the, the 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 sort of pomposity thing mm. um, because if you're I was always given the the wine list oh yeah you know about that yeah you pick it and people are too sort of are scared to say anything mm. in case they're wrong mm. and I say I'm not I'm not uh, I you know I've, I've studied we set stuff but I never wanted to be a sommelier I've never don't pretend to be uh, I know quite a lot, but I don't pretend to be an expert, and I don't pretend to be right. Um, I always get made to order at restaurants. It drives me nuts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because you write a food blog, people yeah. assume uh, it's been going on for even longer than that. They just assume that because you are passionate about food or wine, that, I get exactly the same that thing. They're going to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember going. I met this guy from. I met these guys from Wine Wire in uh, Wine Wire in New York, the in Boston, who do their shows, and they said, "How did you start?" This is a quite a long time ago. And I, and he, he, I was chatting to them. We were outside this do, and these guys came out, and they didn't speak, and they looked really... And so, we, you know, you've just gone into a wine tasting for Burgundy. It's expensive. You've just tried these expensive wines, and nobody's speaking. Because mm. uh, it's like a, You know, it's, it's like a, yeah. a library. Well, they're yeah. scared. And they're scared to say yeah. anything wrong, in case they get it wrong. And he said, he said to me... Well, you know, I said, well, we're, you know, we've been doing it a few years, but, you know, and he said, well, how did you, I said, well, the first thing we did is we got my mate over, we got this guy over, we did this and this, and he said, oh, the first, first thing I did, we, we did it in the cellar of this wine place, and um, I got my wife to stand at the back, and, uh, and um, because the first things we did, nobody spoke. Mm. And I said, same, same for us, and he said, mm. then I got my mate and my wife to shout things like, <laughs> Has wine got grapes in it? And then they go, <laughs> and they go yeah, has it always got grapes? Pretty much, yeah, you know. And, and took the sting and yeah. the, the atmosphere Warms dropped. Up the room. Yeah. And it's the same with working with these guys. 
So this, these, this is a uh, is an exploration of what climate does to wine. Mm. So these wines here are made here. We'll put this on the here, show notes and for here everyone. on the chain line to Spain. This mm. is the Transdor Express. So he makes the wine there. He makes the wine in there and there. If you're a wine guy who's interested in Portuguese wine, you might know that Baixa Corgo is a is a region of the Douro. Sima Corgo is a region, and that is the first one. Baixo is the lowest bar. It means low. It's the base, and it's in the coolest part. It's on the river. It's shaded. It's a completely different environment. Here is in the hills. You're creeping up altitude, and here Douro Superior. The weather is uh, 45 degrees in the Oof. summer mm. and snow in the winter. Wow. So it doesn't take, people can take that aboard, take that on, that this is, the change, change in temperature here is extreme. Mm. And that, so the and climate that is extreme. The and here, this is much slower, Milder. tempered, what mm. have you. You try that wine, same guy, same grape, same everything. You try those three wines and we put them on the table now. This is climate wine. You will... You mm. don't need to be... It takes the scare out of people. Yeah. When we were doing yeah. this in Italy, people are trying it and then they go, oh, this one, oh, I actually think I like that one. But, but when you're explaining extreme climate, people know what a hot day is and a cold day is. Oh, yeah, they don't need to go, oh, about phalonics and yeah. uh, it's double macerated in super... You know, they mm. don't... You're not excluding people. You're mm. including people. And I think that is a brilliant way to finish off, actually, because I think... We've come full circle. Yeah, I feel like we have come full circle. Yeah, and um, I, I've got many questions I have to ask Anton about this wine, and I'd like to do that after we stop recording. Mm. So thank you so much, Anton, and you'll have to pass on our thanks again to Lila as well. Sure. Um, it's been brilliant, and um, I haven't realised how much I've missed talking about wine, actually. Um, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't given you too much of a headache. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, thank you again so much for having us in your home, and thank you for the wine. It's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't wait for people to hear this episode actually because i think it's really exciting what you're doing uh and on that note if you liked anton's story you may like some other stories from the podcast so take a look at at the source.com uh, we're on twitter as at the source as well and if you've got ideas or you know someone who'd be a great story please get in touch and on itunes Stitcher, SoundCloud. (laughs) Rate us five stars so that more people can find us. Over and out.